This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement, and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a Movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Before I get into today's podcast, I want to invite you and remind you that you can take my lit daily classes. That is a daily class every single day with me. And in addition to that, I offer anatomy-based classes in a library like lit hips or lit shoulders or low back. We also have 15-minute classes, therapeutic classes, foundational classes, prenatal classes are coming up, et cetera, et cetera. So try them out on movementbylara.com. And that will help you with the subject of today's podcast, which is the serratus anterior, my favorite muscle. This muscle um, is my favorite. I mean, I have a lot of favorites, but I love the serratus so much that we have in my past teacher trainings thought about coming up with tank tops about the serratus anterior. I even had one of my dear teacher trainees who is graduating get a tattoo of a knitting needle on her serratus as a reminder to engage it and knit it in. It is such an important muscle that people don't know about. They might see when a serratus is under activating, when you see someone's, they call it chicken wings, when you see someone's scapula stick up off the back ribs like a big winging and it's like, it looks really odd because it's like, whoa. And some people have big scapulas and it sticks right out and it's can be a little horrifying. And that winging scapula is an example of when the serratus anterior is um, not well engaged or activated or developed. Everyone has one. I've had people actually say, I don't think I have one. Well, everyone has one, but I I too thought I didn't really have one because I first 
visually saw the serratus when I was watching my brother John running cross country when we were in high school together and he took off his shirt and he was running and I was like, what is that thing? That What is that thing sticking out that looks like more ribs? And it was just so defined and beautiful and I was so jealous. I really wanted one. And what it was was his serratus. It was just well-developed and I uh, did not have that well-developedness. And so I now have a more developed serratus for sure. And that has been very much curated through my practice. And, and, and I'll talk a little bit about how you can get a stronger serratus. But first of all, if you have any kind of shoulder pain, if you have the rounded shoulders, the forward head, all of those, and, and sometimes even if breathing issues can be uh, pointed to having ser- the weakness in the serratus anterior. So the serratus anterior muscle is it originates or it starts on the the top surface of the first through ninth rib. So if you locate first through ninth rib, so the first rib is up by your clavicle and then you go down and you know the 10th rib is right at the bottom of the kind of basket of the ribs because it's the last one that attaches to the sternum. The bottom two ribs do not come around and attach to the sternum. So you can really feel the ninth rib right above that last 10th rib at the bottom. So the rib one through nine, that's where this radius begins. And then it comes around and attaches to the the surface of the, um, if you picture the scapula lying on the back rib, and then you kind of pick it up off the back rib, that underneath surface where is where the serratus inserts. So it inserts on the medial border of the scapula. The medial border is the border near the spine. So imagine from the ribs, it comes and it comes around. And so it's coming under the armpit essentially, and then going and attaching onto the the backside of the scapula, which is really considered the anterior side of the scapula, but from the backside, that's where it is. So what does the serratus do? The serratus is going to, in a co in a, in a concentric contraction where the muscle is contracting to provide movement and the two ends of the joint are pulled closer together, that's concentric, it pulls the scapula away from the spine and that's called protraction. So it's going f- around the concavity of the rib cage and it moves away from the spine. And as it does that, the arm reaching out, it's it's really known as the boxer muscle because the arm reaches out like you're punching somebody and the arm appears to get longer. But what's really happening is the arm, insert the full length of the arm is coming all the way around to the root of the scapula. So as the scapula moves away from the spine, it seems like the arm is getting longer. It also allows the upward rotation of the shoulder when we lift our arms up overhead, like in yoga, when we inhale and lift our arms up overhead, the serratus is responsible for part of the motion of upward rotation, which is a very important action because that will help the smooth and pain-free movement of the shoulder in, in the inflection, which is when the arm reaches up like you're going to touch the ceiling. So the serratus is very important for those two actions. But the other thing it's really, really important for is when you're weight-bearing on your hands, it's, it helps to hold the scapula on to, on near to the ribcage or onto the ribcage. So that kind of popping off or winging action of the scapula 
shouldn't happen if the serratus is holding. It's like kind of suctioning the the, the uh, scapula onto the ribs so that you can weight bear. Because think about it, we want the scapula to weight bear onto the ribs. It's like a bone onto a bone, which is like a joint. You know, it's like the femur coming up to the 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 tibia, the upper thigh connecting with the lower limb. We want that connection because that is um, what's called centration, where the joint surfaces are closest together and it provides stability, but it also has this wonderful flow of energy through it. So if you have that scapula winging off, you lose a tremendous amount of energy and that's going to be um, taken over somewhere else. So why is it so, or the serratus, why is it often not functioning well and, and getting ending up with that winging of the shoulder blades or sometimes you'll get pain between or under the shoulder blades or pain um, under the armpit. You can even get the pain with the breathing because that the because of the the intercostals are so close to where the serratus is and then you can have pain with overhead movement if when you don't have that healthy scapula on the back flat on the back rib cage you can't have as great normal movement non-weight bearing as well so lifting the arm up overhead but uh the serratus doesn't just kind of develop on its own. Like it it will be firing when your arms are going up overhead. But when you have poor posture or you're not doing a lot of weight bearing on your hands, you're not inspiring the serratus to fire as much. And so, um, and then of course, if, you know, not just being at the office, but being an athlete that might have a lot of, um, say like a pitcher or somebody, I've seen this with a lot of throwing sports, they're doing a repetitive motion, but don't have like all of the muscles that help to uh, control that mechanism of throwing. So the thing you have to do is to engage the serratus. To engage it is going to be both twofold. One is you're going to work it in a, or this is what I do in my classes. We work it in the concentric way, which is working that boxing action of protracting the scapula. And then the second thing is we work it a lot in isometric way. So holding the scapula on the back in weight bearing. And so what I would encourage you to do if you have any of the symptoms of rounded shoulders, poor posture, not great breathing, pain pain around the scapula, is to first get yourself in a neutral scapula position as best as possible. So you want to find your triple S, which I've talked about in many other episodes, where you go against the wall, the back of the skull, the back of the scapula, and the back of the sacrum are on the wall. You can also do this on the ground. And you get that neutral position so that those are lined up and that you're not rounded forward. And then you can work actually from that position. So your scapula is on the wall, reach your arm forward, straight out in front of you, make a fist, and then practice protracting the scapula. So feel when from the position it is on the wall, feel it glide out as you punch your arm forward. So for instance, if I had my right arm forward with my fist and I made that protracted feeling, I want to protracted action, I want to feel the right scapula move to the right away from the midline of the body and then bring it back. Using the wall, you're going to get that kind of biofeedback that you need. You can also do the reverse. And I do this with people. Stand facing the wall, 
put your knuckles, the fist on the wall, and then push the wall away and let the scapula protract. But you're working isometrically, meaning you're going to allow it to protract a little bit, but then you're not going to be able to move much more and you just want to hold it there. So you've got that resistance of the wall. And so do both of those things. Then you can do this on the floor as well. And I've talked about this in shoulder episodes. So review that in some of my shoulder podcasts, but come onto all fours and find that neutral position. The best thing to do to find neutral position is to keep the arms straight on all fours, but let the chest soften like you're trying to drip the chest down toward the floor. And this would be the action of like a cow position in yoga, but the elbows don't bend. Feel the scapula squeeze in toward each other. And then just lift the front ribs up a little bit until you feel the scapula on the back ribs. You need to feel that contact before you go to the next stage. The next stage is to hold the shoulder blades exactly as they are and step one foot back at a time so you're in plank pose. And then keep that sensation. And you have to think about it and visualize it. So when something isn't firing well, you need to bring in all the ammunition. So that means your visualization in your brain because visualization is a big part of the motor output, that um, that motor firing that's needed. So visualize holding that scapula on the rib cage. And that's the part of the serratus that you need to work on. So those are a few things you can do, but keep working on weight bearing. And in weight bearing, don't allow uh, this, don't allow it. And I say don't allow it, but video yourself so you really are getting the feedback. People have no idea. They're in plank and they're overly rounding their upper back. But that isn't actually using the serratus. Often it's using the chest muscles in front. They're tightening the chest muscles and doming up in the upper back, which is looks like the position of a protracted scapula, and it is, but it's not an actively protracted scapula. It's just positionally there. So start always from that um, hands down and knees on the floor and let your chest soften toward the floor so the scapula draw in toward each other, like they're going to kiss each other, really squeeze them together, and then draw the belly up without letting the scapula change that position. Then come back into plank and see if you can do that. Video yourself and do that move over and over and over again. In addition to feeling like you're trying to hold the scapula on the rib cage, feel like you're trying to hug in, like you've got like a a little um, fluffy, you know, uh, pillow or something underneath. I was going to say tennis ball. That's not fluffy. You want the, but the size of a tennis ball, but it has some sponge to it. You want that underneath your armpit so that you're hugging in with the arm toward the rib cage without squeezing completely. So you don't want the elbows drop drawing in, but you want that hugging in feeling. And the other thing I think about is like, if you had the serratus is serrated in shape, meaning, you know, like it has all these different kind of projections. Like if you opened up your fingers, that would be like a serrated look. Those fingers line up with the spaces around the ribs. They almost look like, serratus almost looks like ribs itself. Hug around the rib cage, hug around the rib cage, right where 
the ribs come around underneath the armpit and go back towards the scapula because that's where the serratus is. Hug there and activate. And you can sometimes even drag your hands back when you're in plank and get that lightning feeling around the serratus there. So those are some ways to activate the serratus, both in a concentric way by that punching action and also in an isometric way in weight bearing. If you're going to go ever work on handstands, you've got to get that serratus activating, but it's really important to activate in all other ways as well. The final way I'll tell you is working it in the upwardly rotated position, bring the stand facing the wall and bring your arm up overhead, way up overhead and bring the finger, the pinky to touch the wall. So you're not at 180 degrees in line with your ear, but it's like probably 150 degrees with the arm up above 90 degrees and the hand on the wall. And then from that position, slide your scapula up to lift the arm up more, like slide it up to like 170 degrees. And then just isometrically, meaning you're not going to change anything, but push the finger, the pinky into the wall and activate that area around the scapula, around the rib cage, because that's in the upwardly rotated position that's working the serratus. This will help you tremendously. So try those things and send me any questions if you have them. Serratus anterior, it is one of my favorite muscles. I hope it it becomes one of yours. Use it, use it, use it because it is there even if you can't seem to locate it. It's there and it's working for you, I promise. Pulling for you as always and you can find more about the serratus on every single one of my classes. The entire reset is working all of the core muscles, which include the scapula stabilizers and most importantly, serratus. So we use them in quadruped. I usually um, involve them somehow when we're doing abdominal work and then in dolphin pose, we're using them a lot as well. Thank you so much. Pulling for you as always. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.